Okay, it is 2-1-2-1 for those who celebrate. And I know I'm one of them. So, hey, happy February 1st, 2021. That's right. That is. I never even thought that. 2 one 2 one. I know. I just wrote my name on my food in the fridge, and I was like, hey, 2 one 2 one. I I'm excited. It. You like it. All right. Well, Let's celebrate. Anything, you know, to get excited <laughs> on a Monday. Another Monday. Although Another I got Monday a pretty good series. weekend claim to fame I'm looking forward to talking about. Oh, well, All right, t- tell us. Give it to us. I did Start one of those out. private dinings oh, at the Hewing Hotel. And? It was so great. All right, tell um, us about it. It was my wife's birthday yes. and so on yesterday. But I was able to get a reservation at the, at the Hewing Hotel on Saturday night at 6. And I'd read about it in the paper. And then I heard uh, Rick Nelson talk mm-hmm. about it on our show. And I was like, I got to do that. So... It's super cool. You show up at six. They kind of explain the deal. All the other people that have the six o'clock reservation show up. They talk you through it. You go to the hotel room. They they take the bed out of there. So it's basically a dining room. There's a table in the middle and there's a TV. And on the TV, they have like a, a, like a USB, um, uh, like an insert, you know, like a drive. And they have movies that you can play that tell you about your courses because it's like oh. a seven course tasting oh my meal gosh. with wow. wine pairings. Wow. Okay. That's cool. And so they're like, hey, here's a video about the oysters you're about to eat. And here's the chef talking about it. Now here's the chef talking about your carrot foie gras salad you're about to wow. eat and all that sort of stuff. And it was super great. And they never, you know, they just bring the food out to the a table outside of your rooms and the silverware is inside your room. And mm-hmm. you never need to, you know, be within six feet of somebody else if you don't want to. And, and how, it was how pretty romantic. Great. And it was, was like three hours. Was, was she surprised? Yeah, I'd find, I kind of kept it a secret for a while, and then she was like, what are we doing? Are we going to go somewhere? Because, you know, to be honest, we are people that kind of keep a pretty tight bubble. Yep. And it's yep. weird because on Friday night when I ran out to Rosedale to buy her a present, yep. I decided to stop by that restaurant in Baldemar mm-hmm. to pick up a cocktail kit for an old-fashioned and I walked in, and it was like buzzing and full, like nothing was ever going on. So there's obviously people out there that yeah. don't keep a tight bubble. Right. And then there's people like me that do. And so, But they're following the guidelines, yes. I just want to say. Yes, I agree. Yeah. But that's not how you we sure, roll. Sure, that's not how yeah. you guys have dependent. Um But yeah, I mean, it was so great. And just like... Three hours, and then you can uh, you can Bluetooth your phone to the little clock radio if you want for a little romantic music. Right. And, and then it's just, you know, you two in the room, or I think you can have four or six or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. And it's, yeah, I totally recommend it. Hewing Hotel. That's so fun, Rocco. There, I, I remember I, I went the there when the it first hotels. opened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have oh, lovely, the yeah, they have really nice showers, if I remember correctly. Oh, and they have, like, and we went up to the rooftop because right. there is a bar up there. Right. And then there's, like, a little like a hot tub pool Mm -hmm. and you can reserve that for like you and your friends to like go sit on the rooftop in the hot tub. So that might be something bar open. The the bar I, that we saw, it wasn't like outdoor or anything, but it was definitely on the top floor and it was kind of cool and cool hip music. But was it, so it was open. Yes. Yeah. Because I know they're doing it also at the Nicollet Island Inn, which right. would be such a pretty place. Oh also. my gosh, those rooms! Fun, Rocco. Yeah, fun. So that was my weekend well, claim. You to definitely fame. win the weekend claim to fame <laughs> oh, yeah. around here. I got nothing that can even compare to that. Stood around your brother John's garage, and I, 
I, I, I had my own rug. That was the big excitement. No, because it's on. so cold. And they, we stand in my brother's garage, which we've been doing since March. You go, but they're always scheduled when I have something. Yeah, but it, that's the life hack for yeah. standing outside. Have your own little dusty Carpet. old piece of carpeting or rug because it makes the difference. Because you don't get it so cold from your feet. And, and it's not quite as hard. Yeah. But, you know. I, I'm surprised there aren't even lawn chairs in there, Lori. Just well, there are folding chairs. Were there some? Okay. Oh, yeah, there are like four okay. but nobody wants to sit down really because you're talking and yeah, I know. if you're sitting down then you're encouraging someone to squat at your level and then you're really too close oh gosh it's easier to stand yeah. apart and talk i played tennis tennis saturday morning tennis saturday afternoon tennis sunday morning well, then you're the tennis queen in the te- I, uso or isn't australia an open starts at the end of the week okay not for another week but my friends at tennis said they saw a, a match being played in australia right now like last week and said it was the weirdest thing in the world to watch because you're watching i think it was serena against naomi naomi osaka and she said it was this year and um Everyone in the audience, they don't have on masks because there's no COVID in Australia. Oh, yeah. And how strict the... She said it was the weirdest thing to watch a normal event, and it kind of made her really sad. It's making me sad thinking about it. I mean, so it's just so normal because they have had everybody, you know, you can't come in, you can't go out, you know, you have to do all the protocol. Yeah. But she said it was... Sad and good at the same time, you know, made her jealous kind of yeah. thing, seeing it. But that was kind of fun. I've decided the courts are too quiet, so I turn on my little uh, radio on my Is that phone. Welcome? They're so quiet. Well, there's no one there. Oh, no Saturday one night, tennis. there are six courts, and it was me in a front. Yeah. You know, there's... Oh, so no one cares. No one cares. Mm-hmm. So, but it's... It's got to be really sounding good. My phone has, I mean, seriously, it's, I'm like, we need music pumped into the cords. I have before, but it went Bluetooth in there. So I was kind of like, ah, yeah. But anyway, so that was mine. Yeah. You know, watch some Tuberuskis. Mm -hmm. Watch that fisherman's show that you told us about the fisherman's fisherman's friend with the sea shanty. Okay. Rocco, you have to watch it. That is such a great movie. Is it good? It is great. It is great. And it makes you want to go to Cornwall. I wanted to go, which is south of England. I want to go there so bad. It's four hours and 20 minutes from London. It just looked lovely. Mm -hmm. And the guy that's in it. It was one of the guys that's in 1917, that amazing movie that came out in 2019 about the trench. You know, it was all yeah. filmed in the trench during World War One, mm-hmm. And he plays one of the music guys, executives in it. And he is so delightful and so charming. And James Purefoy is oh. in it from Happen Leonard. Yes. And he was in Rome. Yes. And Spartacus, I think. Yeah, it's He's really good. Rocco, and I watched it with my son and his girlfriend, and it was, we all just, well, my son slept the whole time, but yeah. the girlfriend and I watched it. We it's loved good. it. Nice. It is, I watched something you recommended, Julia. Uh, yes. In and of itself. I On Hulu. It. What'd you think? I made it halfway through, and then the <laughs> it's kids pretty came neat. over. It's certainly like nothing I've ever seen before. Lori, it reminded me of... Remember when we were in Vegas and we saw went to that tent to see that show that oh, we in did front of, in front of uh, Caesars? Yes, no. Absinthe. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, but kind of on the same. Not at all, Rocco. It wasn't. Yeah, at all no, like it, it didn't but remind you know what me. I mean? <laughs> I but it's like part. Yeah, because Absinthe was like weird, like hipster it's, circus performers. Right, but this is this like is more magic. Like, yeah, it's kind of he's kind of like a magician, like a mesmerist. 
And he's also telling a story about himself, but he's also making it like an allegory about how people see you and yes. how you see yourself and yes. how you label yourself. And he mixes it in with magic. It's it's worth your time. I thought yeah. so. I made it. And so suddenly I hear a ding dong last night and I'm like, who the hell is here? You know, it's like seven o'clock and I just kid. Yeah. And his girlfriend, mom, didn't we tell you we were coming over? I'm like, nope. No. <laughs> okay, let's change the channel. But I was into it, Rocco. Yeah. In it of itself, it's on Hulu. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Check it out. It's different. It reminds, it's like a Vegas show. Right. In a tent. Yeah. Remember we had a, a mes- we had like a mesmerist guy at a Hubbard Christmas party. Yes, once we did. Where he, he just all of a sudden knows all these things about you. And you're like, how did you know that? How did you figure that out? There's a lot of that. There's a lot of sleight of hand and card tricks. and But it's also a part of like a larger uh, story, which I think um, was cool. Super cool. Hmm. All right, in and of itself. Yes, on Hulu. It, Weird it, title. Yes, very much. But Lori, it but reminded it me. It, it feels like it's, it should be a Vegas show. Mm-hmm. In attempt. And the truth of it is, it was a show in New York City and L.A. And they taped a whole bunch of these live shows. And then at the end, when they do some audience participation stuff, all of a sudden there's Bill Gates and there's Larry Wilmore and there's all these people that had come to see this show. It's pretty. Mm-hmm. It's pretty neat. That's cool. All right, listen, um, we got to go. When we come back, it's our story we can't get enough of. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us on 2121. Ow. Yay. Forgive you keeping track. Um, it's about a really happy thing to yeah, say. Yeah, it's true. Okay, so uh, the big thing, uh, Rocco, that Julia and I made a point of both doing this weekend was watching the Wendy Williams. There were two choices. We had four hours of Wendy on Lifetime. First, her movie, the Wendy Williams movie, and the actress, uh, Sierra, can't think of her last name. She was incredible as Wendy. She was really, really good. But that documentary was unbelievably good. And I really, it's amazing, Wendy's life. It really is. She was the original Shade Room. I did not realize that on the radio. No one, I mean, I did not, like, realize, like, even our show could thank Wendy, Mm -hmm. what she was doing on the radio, where she was, you know, talking about, gossiping about particularly black celebrities and hearing that uh, that Whitney Houston interview. Oh, my gosh. It was just terrific. It was terrific, and it made me... It made you like her again. It it did. It gave me some empathy towards her for what she's been through. I've stuck with her. You've stuck with her. I dumped her. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm not as easy. You know, when there was, just because I wasn't, I wasn't into it for a while, Laura. I just got to be honest. I wasn't into her show. I did dump her. You did. I totally dumped her. So here are a couple things that, first of all, so the documentary is called What a Mess. Mm -hmm. It's on Lifetime. I'm sure you can go and find it. It's It's replaying replaying. all the time. And Mm -hmm. next weekend, Lifetime is doing this thing like on Saturday nights. Last weekend, it was Salt and Pepper, Mm -hmm. their story. And next weekend, it's Whitney Houston and Bobby Christina. Mm -hmm. And their story, which I want to tape, and that's going to be good. So some of the things that we learned about her... You know, she's from a family of three. So when last week we were talking about she has an older sister and an older brother and she's the baby or she's the middle. I think she's, she's the middle. middle. She's and the youngest. She is she's the, youngest. the youngest. But we heard about the shade her brother was getting giving her for not going to her mommy's funeral. Which wasn't true, according to Wendy. But the fact that they had this out loud beef. 
Was, Amy said in light of the documentary when what, she said how close they all 100%. were. One hundred percent. So that really struck me, Laurie. Right. So there was something happened, and mm-hmm. how young her mom was, who's now dead. Mm-hmm. That also made me sad because they were a tight knit family. She just really like the weight. I bet you sympathize with well, her about the weight. And she thing. was bulimic when yep. she was younger, and then she found out that it ruins your teeth, so she snapped out of that one. <laughs> which you hear, it's true. Yeah. Um. But she talked about she was the tallest. She was just bigger than everybody always, mm-hmm. you know. And then um, I just kind of, I like her balls. I mean, she really is a ballsy lady. I think what I struggled. Who believed in herself. What, when, who believed in mm-hmm. herself and liked herself, which mm-hmm. is from mm-hmm. how she was kind of treated about being kind of not the pretty one, the bigger one, the this one, to have that great inner strength and love of herself. I thought, that's an unusual thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I really, mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. But what she went through. Yeah. I mean, she had two five-month, she was pregnant for five months twice and miscarried at five months. Yeah. I had a 15-week, which is three and a half months. Right. Almost four months. And I thought yeah. it was the end of the world. Yeah. So to go... Five months, right? Twice, and then when she finally has their first child, she finds out on the day that she comes home from the hospital that her husband's having an affair. Yeah, right, right. Then her their son Kevin is like nineteen or twenty or whatever now. Right, that was kind of stuff. I was just like, that's big stuff. I mean, she had so much in her life, and she's only like fifty six. It could have been a mini series. It could have, and and then she's laying. So the the setup, Rocco, is she's in her new. High rise hotel in New York City, laying apartment. apartment, laying on her couch, having her. What is the thing that she has? Lymphedema. Lymphedema. Machine. She has lymphedema. So for two hours a day, once in the morning and once at night, she has to have these wrap machine things around her legs. Mm. Made me sad. Yeah, no, it was. I I was like really. I was heartbroken for her. Oh my gosh! And then all the crap that went down in 2019, where she fainted. And, and that Kevin put her in rehab against her will. I, How does that happen? I did not know that that freaked me out. That freaked me out. He probably, he was so manipulative to he took her. her off the air yep. and we were wondering what was going on. Hey, it's Mike and I'm so excited to tell you about Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. We're all busy and with Factor, eating fresh, never frozen, chef-crafted meals has never been simpler. Two minutes is all you need to heat and eat wherever you are. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash LJPod50 and use code LJPod50 to get 50% off. That's code LJPod50 at factormeals.com slash LJPod50 to get 50% off. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Going on and all of that. And I mean, it, it just... We're uh, talking about Wendy Williams and it's um, Hot Mess is the name of the documentary. It, it was so... What a mess. What a mess, excuse what a mess. me. And you guys watched, a, there's a two-hour documentary and a two-hour... Yes. Yeah, I just... movie biopic was first. Right. It was the biopic, and uh, it was excellent. Um, um, the people in the, the gal that played uh, Wendy was really, really good. But, I mean, we find out she nearly died from her drug addiction. Oh, right. She was date-raped by... Yep. Um, Some rapper. Sherrick yeah. is, is the guy's name. Um, her Whitney Houston, this we don't really, it kind of glosses over in the movie, but it was a legendary interview from 2003 and they played it in the documentary and she talked to Whitney who was like, well, you're always talking about me. And they had a 28 minute interview about her drug abuse, about Bobby Brown's struggles with the law and this and that. It was a very tense conversation and revealed a side of of Whitney that no one had ever seen before and it really was the turning uh point in Wendy Williams career and um she you know she couldn't believe that Whitney agreed to talk to her because she did used to gossip about her on the regular one of her I think it was the program director at KISS the second radio station in New York she worked Mm -hmm. at said she came in every day with all these magazines, Star and... It reminded Lori. Uh, yeah, that's what we used to, we used to, to do. do We'd go to get Shinders, go to Shinders and get different <laughs> magazines. I mean, because it was, there was no... This was pre-TMZ and yeah. you had to get it from We didn't have that magazines. when we started, right. Yeah. So I thought that was that was fascinating. And also that, you know, her mom and dad were pretty frank about how mean they were about her weight. They were so mean. And that her first diet was first grade. Jeez. It just gave me a whole other level of appreciation for her career and, and what she's done. And I, I'm so glad she got away from that. Cat, I think so, too. And, but she's sitting there and you, it was hard. She's crying, you know, and she's drinking out of like apple juice or catawba juice. It looked like out of a champagne glass as yeah. she's got the machine on her legs and she's crying. And I I just looked at her and she was so pretty before all the extra surgery on her face. She really was a beautiful... I mean, she messed up her nose. You look right up at now and you look like you're going through a tunnel. I just, yeah, I want to just people love yeah. yourself because at some, she thinks she looks great. Though yeah. Now and, I just know. was like, but looking. yes, her face, her in the face, early 2000s, she was so pretty. She, did have some she surgery. had, yeah, she did some stuff and it was just one too many up the nostrils. I'm mm-hmm. thinking, but boy, I have empathy for her and I think she's a fighter and, um, yeah. And, and I thought it was just great. And she had, you know, in the 90s, tried out to do a talk show. Yeah. I thought that was also mm-hmm. interesting with Monique. And, and they wanted her to do a talk show. Yeah. And I I don't know. I I have a great respect for her. I, um, and I like that she also said in the documentary, you know, I was an emotionally abused woman. Because yeah. emotional and verbal abuse doesn't leave any marks that are visible. And it's so... Um, shaming to be in a relationship with someone who I loves you and I hate you and stuff. So I thought that was, I like that she put the words to that, that right. that is another form of abuse 
emotional abuse right, and verbal abuse that happened. Yes, and she said it was never physical. And so when she talked about, you know, the girlfriend that her husband had for... In a way, it would have been almost clear for her had it been physical. Absolutely. That's what you wonder, but... That's the mind bleepery, and we're yeah. seeing that with Evan Rachel Woods, who today mm-hmm. coming out and talking about Marilyn Manson. Yeah, naming her abuser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really good. We've recommended oh, it Oh, it's Lifetime. so good, you guys. I just... Wow. I what a life. I, yeah, what a life. No yeah. kidding. And um, we, it felt like we went through so much of it with her because we were watching her all the time. You know, we're yeah, like, what is going on? It. I know it. I know all it. Right. All right. Listen, we come back. We're going to share a little news with you guys. Uh, we learned. Uh, yes. Yeah, we've got a report from CBS. But if you'd gotten your AARP magazine last week with George Clooney on, on the cover, cover this I didn't story see was it. in uh, the magazine. And it is about Tony Bennett revealing his Alzheimer's diagnosis in this latest issue of ARP magazine. Here's from CBS this morning. Tony Bennett has been singing for more than 70 years, but not long ago, he began to worry. We came home one night after the show and he said to me, Susan, you know, I can't remember the musicians' names. And I just chalked it up to him being, you know, at the time, you know, late 80s, we forget things. And he said, no, no, he said, this isn't right. Something wasn't right soon after that show, Bennett received his diagnosis. That was back in 2016. So four years later, what is his life like? Does he know who you are? Does he know who Thank Dan goodness he son? does. He knows all his kids, absolutely. And he knows me. When you're somebody's caregiver 24-7, it goes a long way if they still know you. You know, every night when we go to bed, he says, I love you, Susan. And every morning when he wakes up, he says, I love you. You know, we've heard the horror stories when Alzheimer's hits. People become mean. They become verbally abusive. They become, in some cases, physically abusive. You've had none of that, is what you're saying. He gets frustrated, and he doesn't like being frustrated. He doesn't like being confused. But none of the real negative things. That's that's nice. And John Colapinto did the story about him, and uh, his... In the story, his wife Susan says, you know, he's not the old Tony. Um, and the the writer also confirms, you know, that he's not that communicative anymore. But I thought the most poignant part of the story is that in the AARP is that um, twice a week, Tony's accompanist comes to the house and they go through his 90-minute set as a rehearsal. Just to remind him. And he sings like he's perfectly oh, well. He right. remembers all the words. Oh, and after that. his diagnosis, he recorded one more album with Lady Gaga. Oh, I so love that. So she's known since 2016 about uh, Tony. Is there any more from the CBS? Okay, go yeah. ahead. What is the prognosis, Susan? Uh, he, obviously with COVID, things have gotten a little worse. But there's... I mean, again, who knows? But according to his doctor, there's no reason to think that he will drastically decline. Bennett's greatest therapy is singing. It's when he's most lucid. He's recorded a series of many concerts from his home, and he still remembers every single word. He's devoted his whole life to the Great American Songbook, and now the songbook is saving him. rehearses twice a week in his living room. No cue cards. He sings for about an hour or 75 minutes, sings the whole show, because if somebody calls up and says, hey, there's a theater, you can come sing, he'll be ready. 
And I know that's so sweet. And, and Roger Friedman wrote that he went to his 90th birthday four years ago at the Rainbow Room. Right. And Paul McCartney was there with his wife, oh. uh, Martin Scorsese with his daughter, Bruce Willis, John Travolta, Gail King, Katie Couric, Harry Belafonte, Regis and Joy Philbin were there. Oh. And, um, and Lady Gaga performed, and a month later, Tony taped a concert at Radio City, and the whole thing became his birthday TV special. Oh, right. Okay. And that was not his last show. Uh, the last time Roger saw Tony Bennett perform was March 2019 at Radio City. It was a great show, especially when you consider he was three years into his diagnosis. It was so good. I asked him backstage how he did it, and he said, I love it. So, um Anyway, but uh, you know he's he's just a cool cat, and um, you know, and Lady Gaga is known. And oh, I remember yeah. one time she kind of got choked up in an interview talking about him. And now I wonder if she had known then. Well, she's known since right, twenty sixteen, right? If she knew that, and of course she didn't, wouldn't you know, didn't want to say it. And but, really, I think for both of them, Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett, when they did their duet jazz album, it mm-hmm. was kind of. Um, A reinvention for both of them because Gaga was having all those hip issues and she had pops, that bad album pop, and she was dressing like Triscuits and being weird. People were sick of her and we hadn't heard of him for a while and by those two teaming up together. That was Casey and I's first concert date when we were Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett and it was March and he was like out at Mystic and I was working at the Star Tribune and I got free tickets and I asked him, I said, do you want to go see Tony Bennett? And he's like, yes, yes. I want to go see Tony Bennett. And, um, you know, so that would have been like, you know, 22 years ago. And nice. mm-hmm. it was it was the first time I'd ever gone to a concert, though, where people Casey were, and I were by far the youngest people. The youngest people. Mm-hmm. You know, the average age was like But then you, know, you preceded that by going on a cruise or two with a oh, couple yeah, of your older friends and saw Katy Perry at First Avenue where I was the oldest teenager in the right? world. Right. Things happen. <laughs> but it was really like we were like we were kind of like, but I mean, I was kind of wishy-washy about it. And Casey's like, are you kidding? No, my dad would have died. I he, mean, that's the thing. My dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like, it was really, he was amazing. Old school, right. And it was, you know, the old mystic sure. showroom and stuff and all of that. So, And then last week, you know, we'll just keep it on the music thing. The fans of the music I we played on Friday, the new music Friday. Yes. The song that people couldn't get enough of. I'm talking about fans. Uh-huh. What got streamed, what got purchased. It was Selena's Baila Comigo was the song. Because it's everyone, so fun. Mm-hmm, with the Puerto mm-hmm. Rican guy, uh, Raul Alejandro. That was, you he's, know, he's, he, and he met his wife. This is his third, I think. Yes, it's yeah. her, mm-hmm. at a concert. She was in her 20s and he was in his 60s. And she mm. was the head of his fan club in San Francisco. You read oh, about these fan club people do. kind of getting married. But anyway. Well, so you find an older person to be their fan club chair you and you never know what's going to happen. And five million, you know, people live with Alzheimer's. Yeah, I know. It's so yeah. funny because my sister <laughs> and I had a conversation about that this morning. About Alzheimer's? Uh-huh. 
She's like, you know, you got to get your probiotics in and you got to make sure you're eating this why way. Why is your family? Why is your family? The, the so old nervous? one and the young one. The old one and the young one. All right, you're married these... to the old one and I talk to the young one every day. But why are they both so uh, obsessed about, about everything? About Alzheimer's. My grandpa, Duke, okay. died of Alzheimer's. Okay. Um, and my dad started maybe getting a splash of dementia, although I never felt it at all I from him. I never felt that at all. Um, I don't know what a splash of dementia is. I don't is. even know, because remember, they <laughs> started saying that, you know, he was, but I'm like, he he was slower. But I, dad never forgot things, I didn't think. No, I think he wasn't getting oxygen to his brain because of that <laughs> stupid thing Oh, he had. had the... The, the tumor outside the, of his chest cavity. It was yeah, the weirdest thing. But so dad didn't have, But the older one that you're married to yeah. and the younger one, and there's only seven years difference right. with these. It, they're obsessed with anything about their body and mind. Honestly. You know that. Yeah. The little ones like today, Jules, are you getting your probiotics in? Are you getting this in? Are you getting that in? And I'm just... Uh, just Leave lie me and say you are. I, and then the older one that you're married to is like, uh, you know, works out seven hours a day and the little one works out three. Yeah. So it, they're going to die of their body breaking down, not their mind. Right. <laughs> what I'm going to say, Rocco, I've got these just militant. And then the three of us in the middle are so loopy and a little, we go in gray areas. We're not yeah. so black and white like they are. Right. I mean, thank God, because families can't have everyone be militant. No, no, I mean, no. we know when we get along yeah. or forgive each other. So right. it's just kind of a nice blend. How the middle ones, we just kind of yeah. coexist outside well, the, I, I the have two to, bookends. I have to say that it wasn't this past Sunday, but the Sunday before Kevin Berger did a story uh, that was in the Star Tribune about how politics well how difficult it has been and with families and close friendships with people that have gone down like particularly the believing believing like these conspiracy theories like QAnon that the election was stolen I mean fervently believing that those are the facts and Mm -hmm. just how hollow and sad people are about having to have these Basically, shallow relationships with people that are your family, who's your blood. You know, you think these are we're here for each other forever, right? And what a huge wall that is put put in in relationships in relationships, yep. and uh, because the people who believe really believe, and the people who don't really but, don't. But but I mean, this QAnon, that kind of thing is. I mean, it's just it's it's just cuckoo for cocoa puffs, and you can't you can't reason it. But the thing that struck me in reading Kevin's story and talking to people is that there is a real sadness because this is happening in my family. I, I have one family member who is completely off cut you off and cut off you guys, and cut you guys off. Well, no, we're all afraid of her. No one wants to. Talk to this person because no one wants to get in a fight. No one wants to be uh, harangued at or have to listen to stuff that we know isn't true. So we all are just avoiding this person. And it's really a hole in your heart. It really, really is. I believe you. Yeah. And it feels weird to, with other family members who maybe they don't believe that, but they're also... You know, maybe they think the election was stolen and they're not quite down the QAnon rabbit hole. Well, then you just have to have completely shallow relationships. You have to pretend like you're both in an alternate universe. It sucks.
Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's the normal. That's the thing I want to see go away. Mm-hmm. This is what I've hated the most about all of this is the great divide right. oh, it's that's horrible. happened in, in families and yep. friendships. It's, it's just, terrible. In a way we've never, ever seen before. Mm-mm. So anyway, I think that's why people just, you know, it's it's been hard. I think it everything. And I hadn't yep. really read anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I her story was really good. It was so mm-hmm. good. It was. All right. Listen, we'll be right back. What are we coming back with? Oh, SJP was working at her shoe store this weekend. I got a picture of my friend with SGP, SJP in the background. We'll talk when we come back. So a friend of mine uh, was at the SJP store this weekend. She lives in New York City. And of course, Sarah Jessica was working, uh, selling shoes. And uh, she probably doesn't have a manager anymore. No, right? On Saturday and Sunday. So SJP fills fills in the on the weekend. But uh, I said, well, did you buy any shoes? And she said, no. But she thought about it, but she couldn't. They didn't really fit her foot right. You know, but she said it was kind of fun. I guess, you know, she's there all the time. And uh, Sarah Jessica Parker talked to Vanity Fair about the new Sex in the City 10 half hour shows. Yes. And uh, here's, of course, you know, Kim Cattrall's Samantha Jones is going to be missing unless SJP is really begging her somehow and, to and take we're that, hoping that she is. $10 million, a million dollar an episode paycheck. But. The, the revival is called And Just Like That, and um, all the women are going to play their real ages, so women in their 50s, and um, she said COVID-19 will obviously be part of the storyline because New York City is where they live, and how has that changed relationships uh, once friends disappear? But she doesn't really know what will happen at all because this show is not even written yet, but serious. Yeah. After all this, yeah, okay. the writers' room, you know, right. it's Michael Patrick King, just, and maybe they're trying to get Cindy Shupak and yeah. a couple of the other writers. But she said we're just excited about it, and she said, um, "What's their relationship to social media? Yep. Would Carrie Bradshaw have written any more books? Does she have a podcast? Of course, I could see her having a podcast. Everyone has a podcast. And it could like. be called. I couldn't help but wonder." Yeah, because that's how she started. Yeah. But I'm wondering if they're going to kill off Mr. Big and Samantha with the Corona or will Mr. Big and Carrie be divorced? No kids. And Samantha dies of breast cancer. I don't know. Would that be tacky? Would that I be don't timely? want that. I don't want COVID involved in the storyline. It's going to be. It At is. least that's what she says, but huh. none of it's been written about yet. Yeah, I'm so- I know it kind of feels like I don't want anything depressing with them. Yeah, so that's just what she's saying, but she really has no idea. Exactly, I love so. it. She is working her store, and I think it's probably a visibility. You know, mm-hmm. B visibility and start selling her shoes. C money. Mm-hmm. You know, she those shoes are high end shoes. Yeah, they're like. Three hundred dollars, three fifty, three hundred to five hundred. Yeah. And who's wearing high, high, high heels? People are wearing wedges. You gave me the story last. Yeah. There used to be this thing called the lipstick indicator. Mm-hmm. So when times were tough, lipstick sales would go up. And then there's something with shoes, but it's with platform shoes, not heels yeah. anymore. So times are tough. 
People are wearing platform shoes. You gave me that last they week or something. The lipstick indicator doesn't work because, because no one wears sales lip- are down because of masks. I haven't bought. This is the first year. We buy gloss and lipstick all I the time. I would have at any given time 12, mm-hmm. 12 in my handbag. Yeah. I couldn't even find one That's the other why day. Lisa Rinna, <laughs> this. Lisa Rinna coming out with, with your her lip, lip thing. Kit. What timing? The timing is so weird. Read the so room. Odd. Read the world. Yeah. That was so weird. So she came out with her lipstick this fall and we're like, mm-hmm. why? Yeah. It was drying. Um, Casey and I watched, What'd you watch? a show per Neil Justin's recommendation. Okay. From you know, start to end? Yeah. Yesterday, if, uh, he put it on his uh, Sunday pick. It was on HBO. And it's called The Lady in the Dale, and it's this wild, true story of this con man turned con woman who's a trans pioneer, and the show starts out, it kind of works backwards, but it's a four-part series. The Duplass Brothers um, uh, produced it and directed it, and basically this Elizabeth Carmichael was... She came up with this. The she came up with the car and the show. The documentaries opened with um, the Dale being given away on an episode of Prices Right, like in 1974, and uh, it's just oh, it was a car that was never even in I've the never works. Heard of it? Oh yeah, this is going to be. This is like a story. It reminded me of an alternate version of Catch Me If You Can. Oh, all right. All right. Okay, that kind. Is it good? It's a real life story of crime that is unbelievable, and and uh, uh, yeah, they're giving it an A. Oh, it's it's I it's just that that's the best I can describe it is that if you liked Catch Me If You Can, which is the true sure. life story of which, by the way, guy. has had a renaissance on Netflix. I believe that. I mean, that was trending as number one all over the holidays, and I'm like, that movie's so old, but what's old is new? Who cares? Right. If you haven't seen it, right. It's like if you haven't seen this, Unbroken, that is a right. great flipping movie. No, Louis kidding. Zamperini, Angelina Jolie. But that is a great movie. Lori, this is freaking me out. This looks so good. Yeah, it really, it's a wild, true story. And Neil, I think it was Neil that wrote it. He just said, basically, by the time you're done with this four-part documentary, and it's two episodes last night and then two next week, um, and then I'm sure it'll be on, um, it'll, well, it's HBO. It's on HBO Max. Yeah, but he said, you'll feel like you did about the Tiger King, or Tiger King, like, how the hell did we not know this story? It's so big. Oh, fun. Okay, fun. Yeah. So that is Did going anyone on. watch the Borat, the new Borat? I watched about half of it. My I mom thought, I thought watched it. it. <laughs> she hated it. <laughs> but you thought it was funny. Rocco, why didn't you finish it? It was just one of those nights where I just uh, put the kid to bed or something and never got Not back to it. But the scenes I watched, I was laughing out loud. Because was- they think that's going to be a big... You know, because this week the Golden Globes are going to get announced, I think, Wednesday or something. Yeah. And so they're saying that they expect Borat to get a lot of nods. Nice. Well, maybe it's a, Lori, a why don't you reason wa- for us to watch it. Right. Lori, why don't you want to watch it? The same reason I don't. I'm too lazy. No, I I just feel like Borat is so 2010. But, but <laughs> well, I agree. Thing. Do you guys do you guys dislike sort of Slapstick. confrontational you know, uh, gotcha comedy. No, because I love you know? the first movie. We I love the first one, but Lori, it's supposed to be updated. It's supposed to be different. Uh, there was a scene in there that I laughed pretty darn hard at. Yeah. I think, I think 
My I mom told it. me it was just crude. It was yes. crude all the time where she didn't remember the first one being that crude. You know, Pamela Anderson has always said that that's one what reason why up. Kid Rock wanted to divorce her. Divorce her because, because she took she was, part in that movie yep. and didn't tell him. Right. But anyway, I just, you know, if I... I, if I get around to it, it's, it's funny that neither of us and that you didn't finish it, Rocco, but some people, yeah, because mm-hmm. it's funny what you're willing to, you know, watch. Yeah, there's I mean, there's part of me. I don't really like that cringy, you know, you know, they you've obviously read about what they did to yeah. Giuliani. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and part of that makes even though I think that's super funny, you know, it's, part of me is like, oh, I, I don't like prank. I don't either. Yeah. I don't either. But, you know, like I said, I was laughing out loud, like pr- pretty hard, like tears in my eyes. You know what people weren't laughing out loud at this week? The very vanilla and bland yeah. SNL. I didn't mind it. I laughed a couple times. Did you? I thought the best thing about that show was, of course, Machine Gun Kelly. And then at the end of the show, when he kissed uh, Pete Davidson and they fell off the stage. Oh, I missed that part. Yeah, at the very end. Uh, but I don't know. I thought it was the cold open was really bad. Yeah. I mean, I laughed at um, the supermarket sweep uh Bit that was kind of oh, funny right. with the. I I, I, uh, I, Rocco, I really thought John Krasinski. I thought it was going to be. I know you did. I was glad. Butt. I'm glad. Oh, and then a- the scene where he's uh, Zoom uh, doing a Zoom thing on like CNBC, and he has the creepy twin kids. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Oh come on. Okay, we yeah, didn't watch it. Yeah, was that was that was okay. That might be a skit that was like a B plus. Yeah. But there were no A moments for me except for Machine Gun Kelly. I liked his second song. Wasn't that kind of good? Kind of a one, slowed yeah. down song. Yeah. Anyway, um, but maybe they'll, you know, they've been off for a long time. Right. So they needed to warm up. Is that what you're saying? Maybe. I didn't care. Maybe. I don't care. I, Saturday Night Live isn't my thing. Oh, I like it when it's good. It's good. I wish they would have Tom Jones on. I know he can't travel right now, but he was on Graham Norton the other night, last Friday night. Via Zoom, and he was delicious. He, no, he got to be in the, the same studio? studio. Oh, he's just a snack and a half. He's just <laughs> all there, and he's so funny, and he's so good, and he burst into song. He's just everything. He is. He's I love just it. everything. And he had a paint splattered denim blue sun like jacket on that was just kind of shades of the eighties.